Well, I'm so glad to see you. It's been a while since I've stood in this spot. It's really, really nice to be back, and I'm just excited to see what the Lord is doing in this in this service. Just a really, really neat thing. Um, I came across an article recently on uh, bizarre remedies. So, and 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 I'm going to tell you a few of them, but just know that I have not tested any of them. So, so, so don't say, "Well, I heard it in a sermon. It must be true." So I, I don't know. This is. I mean, it's from the Internet, and you can trust the Internet. So, um, uh, if you have uh, bad breath, you know, uh, that you, if, if you eat yogurt, that that'll, it'll help with your bad breath. Um, I guess it's the, sort of the, uh, the bacteria, the good bacteria in the yogurt overtakes the bad bacteria. There's no explanation as to why you might have access to yogurt and not, like, uh, you know, mints um, or toothpaste. Uh, but, but that is um, to be said. Um, if you have stinky feet, uh, you, can, you can get rid of your stinky feet by rubbing uh, them with vodka, uh, is what, what I hear. Uh, it suggests that um, perhaps rubbing alcohol works just as well if you'd rather um, do something else with the vodka. But that's uh, what it says. Uh, here's one. Um, if, if you get motion sickness, anybody get motion sickness? Like Amy gets really motion sick. My wife gets really motion sick just watching the TV if it's one of those bouncy some bouncy camera on, on TV. She's really, and this says if you uh, if you eat olives, olives would really help with that, or um, or sucking on a lemon because it has something to do with drying out your mouth, which is your saliva levels, and again untested. Um, so uh, here's one. Um, all right, if you if you take licorice and grind it up and mix it with uh, a half teaspoon of petroleum jelly, now what, what's this going to fix? And rub it on calluses or corns. It's supposed to soften it up because apparently licorice has high estrogen-like levels. Estrogen, so which makes I'm not going to have any more licorice. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, but that's what it says: estrogen-like substances that soften the skin. Um, and here's here's one that I thought was really really interesting. Uh, if you have warts, which I know that you don't, but maybe your neighbor does, and you can tell them um, that um, that duct tape. If you, if you, if you, if, apparently, if you put duct tape on for three days at a time, for about two months, and kind of rub on it while the duct tape, that that, that I, I've never heard of such a thing, um, uh, but but that's what it says. And uh, but so these are sort of bizarre remedies, and the, and there's lots more. And, and listen, there's also like articles like if you uh, things that they used to think worked, those are really bizarre. Um, but apparently the, these are these uh, again untested, but they're fairly fairly reliable. Um, None of these even come close, in my mind, to being as bizarre as what we find in Numbers 21. If you get, a, if you get bitten by a poisonous snake, look at a bronze snake on a pole, and you will be made well. That is the most bizarre, crazy, pagan thing I have ever, I have ever heard in my life. So, here, so the, the Israelites uh, have just... I mean, the, God just flexed, right, and brought them out of slavery, cr- spread the, the Red Sea, and they come, uh, they come through the Red Sea, and uh, all the Egyptians are wiped out. They're praising the Lord. God uh, comes in fire and thunder and great might on uh, Mount Sinai and gives them the Ten Commandments. They repent of the golden calf. All of this is uh, happening and then it is not. This is not long after that, and they begin to grumble uh, again. 
And it's hard to blame them. They were walking around in a desert. Why have you brought us out in the wilderness to kill us? I just brought you out of slavery to kill us, right? And so it's just this sort of, this lack of perspective. They grow impatient. That's what the scripture says, that they were impatient with God. And they hated the food that they had and they, they were thirsty. And God says, uh, I've had enough <laughs> of your grumbling. And he sends fiery serpents, poisonous snakes. And many people were bitten and they died from the snake bites. And they, and they immediately like, I mean, they say, oh my gosh, we, this is because we've sinned against the Lord. And, um, and they asked Moses to intercede. So we have this intermediary, this mediator, interceding to God on behalf of the people, uh, prefiguring uh, Christ. And he says, he, he prays to the Lord, and the Lord says, sure, all you have to do is put a snake, a bronze snake, on a pole, and when they look at it, they'll be fine. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So, if I, I, mean, if I were so put out with the Lord for, for Him bringing me out and He was going to kill me, uh, I would be coming up with uh, all sorts of other things it, other than looking at the, a bronze snake, right? I would be thinking, well, I, I'm going to get little um, Jaleel, my son, or whoever that might be, to, to suck the poison out of, of, or I'm going to get a tourniquet or whatever it is. And I'm going to come up with all these things because I know perhaps if God is telling me to look at a, a God who's out to kill me is going to tell me to look at a snake, then I will. Um, then He's probably just um, trying to get me to not put my tourniquet on. You know, not get the, so I, that. So I'm. He's. This is another ploy of His because that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I'll look at a snake on a pole and be healed from snake bites. That's crazy. And um, and yet, what happens when you are? I mean. When you get bit by the snake, when you realize, like, uh, the, world, the world's closing in, you're like, I'm not looking. I'm not going to look at the snake. Uh, give me a tourniquet. No. When you, when, you, when you come to that point of need, you're going to look, you're going to do whatever you can, and you're going to look at the snake. And can you imagine their surprise? I, mean, I would have been surprised uh, looking at this, this snake on a pole, and somehow that uh, makes them well. I mean, it's just so simple. Look at a pole. God provided the means of deliverance from His his chosen means of deliverance from His chosen judgment. He judged the people for their impatience. Their uh, impertinence. Their their, uh, being put off with. Their impatience with God led to many of their death. <laughs> when we our sin comes between us and God, it, it, the, the result is death. And yet God, whose property is always to have mercy, uh, provided a means of deliverance. Completely unexpected. And absurd. And here... In our gospel, Jesus says our salvation is just the same as looking at the snake. All you have to do is look on the Son of Man. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. It is so simple and so absurd. 
Um, my daughter Caroline, who many of you know, I um, she a, a few a couple of months ago she said, "Dad, I wrote a sermon. It was awesome." Like, it was all about, like, Superman and how he saved the day, and Jesus is like Superman, and he saves people. I was like, this is so great. We're never going to get rid of this, ever. Not really sure where it is right now, but I'm sure. Um, but so, so yesterday, I, I'm thinking about my sermon, and I've been thinking about it a long time, but I thought, hey, we're, we've got some time. Let's, Caroline, remember that sermon you wrote? Why not, let's... Why don't you help me with, with my sermon uh, for, for the 5 o'clock service? And we went through it, and I was telling her, like, this is the craziest thing. You have to look at this snake. And, uh, and then it's like Jesus is just like him. And she said, that means like Jesus is like Satan. I said, what, what do you mean? She's like, well, Satan was the snake, right? And, so, and Jesus is like the snake. Jesus is like Satan. Transitive property, Dad. What? I mean, so, um, and, and I was like, that, ama- oh, that makes perfect sense. And I just thought about what Paul said, that, that God, uh, he who made, he, for our sake, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might be- become the righteousness of God. Jesus wasn't Satan, but Jesus was the embodiment of sin on the cross, so that you and I might be the embodiment of righteousness. Imputed. Uh, to us. I thought she was pretty pretty smart. Jesus says all we have to do is believe in Him. So what does it mean to believe in Him? It can't be just mental assent, right? It can't just be, I mean, Satan believed in Him. That's why he tried to get Him to jump off a building, right? I mean, that's why he, uh, he, Satan believed in Him. He knew who He was believed mentally that he was the Son of God. So what does it mean for us to believe in him? Well, I always think about a rock climber believing in the rope that he's hanging from. If you ever seen the picture like the rock climber, it's on a two-day or three-day rock climbing uh, thing straight up, and they're hanging, they're sleeping in a tent that's hanging from the side of a, of a cliff, and they're thousands of feet. They're sleeping like a baby. Can you, I, like, I can't even imagine that I would sleep at all. Uh, but um, they trust. The hammock. They trust the rope they're hanging from. That's belief in this sense. Placing our lives in His care. Knowing that if He were to drop us, it would be our death, but He will not drop us. To believe in Him is to have eternal life. Um, and yet, what we do over and over again is we set... We, 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 we stop at mental ascent. Even though if we profess Christ, even after we come into the kingdom, it, practically speaking, we, we're deists. Or I am, anyway. And, um, and, and I believe it. I believe that God wants to intervene. And yet, um, and I believe that I'm saved by grace. And yet I set up these self-salvation projects. Yes, I need Jesus, but I also need to fill in the blank in order to be happy with myself. In order to be content in order to feel like life has meaning and worth, that I have meaning and worth, fill in the blank, it's money, it's achievement, it's, uh, it's our bucket list. I mean, and those things are like, they're fine if they're done to the glory of God. You can make money. If your ambition is to make money in order to give a bunch of it away for the glory of God, then make a bunch of money. That's great. If, you're, if, you're, if your ambition is to, is to have a high achievement so that you have a platform in order to influence those around you for Christ, then go achieve. But if it's just for ourselves, 
It's a self-salvation project. Um, I think probably several of you read, have read um, The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis. Great book. It's a little hard to get into, especially for dudes, at like the first 30 pages. But after that, it's really, really good. And the story of The Great Divorce is, um, is that uh, these ghosts, they're at their souls from hell, are going on vacation to the doorstep of heaven. And, uh, and they are met by people they knew who are in heaven, who come out from heaven to try to convince them that even then they can come into heaven. I'm not trying to convince you that that is good or wrong, but there's, there's lots of very interesting conversations between the, the spirits from heaven and the ghosts from hell. And I wanted to, to read one of them uh, to you. Uh, the ghost is a fellow who... Um, who uh, and he is speaking to this spirit who was a um, who was a murderer. Uh, he knew uh, they they knew each other, and the guy murdered the murderer murdered one of his friends. And the friend is in heaven, and the murderer is in heaven. But the other guy is sitting on the outside, and he's met uh, by um, he's met by this ghost. And he says, uh, "I wouldn't have believed it." It's not right, Lynn, you know. What about old Jack? You look pretty pleased with yourself, but what I say is, what about poor Jack? He's here, said the other. You'll meet him soon if you stay. But you murdered him. Of course I did, but it's all right now. It doesn't say it's all right. It says it's all right now. It's all right, is it? All right for you, you mean, but what about that poor chap... Himself laying cold and dead. But he's, he's not. I told you, you're going to meet him. He sent you his love. And he goes on, Look at me now, said the ghost, slapping his chest, but the slap made no noise. I've gone straight all my life. I don't say I was a religious man. I don't say I had no faults. Far from it. But I've done my best all my life. See, I, I've done my best by everyone. That's the sort of chap I was. I never asked for anything that wasn't mine by rights. I wanted a drink, I paid for it. If I took my wages, I'd done my job. See, that's the sort of sort I was. I don't care who knows it. <laughs> Be much better not to go on about that now. Who's going on? I'm not arguing. I'm just telling you what sort of chap I was, see? I'm not asking for nothing but my rights. You may think you can put me down because you're dressed up like that, which you weren't always when you worked under me. And I'm only a poor man, but i got to have my rights. Same as you, you see? No, it's not so bad as that. I haven't got my rights. If I did, I wouldn't be here. You'll not get your rights either. But you'll get something far better. Never fear. And that's just what I say. I haven't got my rights. I've always done my best. I've never done anything wrong. And what I don't see is why I should be put below by a bloody murderer like you. Who knows whether you will be. Just be happy and come with me. What do you keep on arguing for? I'm only telling you what sort of chap I am. I only want my rights. I'm not asking for anybody's bleeding charity. Well, then do. At once. Ask for the bleeding charity. Capital B, capital C. The bleeding charity. Everything is here for the asking and nothing can be bought. <laughs> that may be very well for you, I dare say, if they choose to let in a bloody murderer all because he makes a poor mouth at the last moment. That's their lookout. 
But I don't see myself going in the same boat as you, you see. Why should I? I don't want charity. I'm a decent man. If I had my rights, I'd been here long ago. As you can tell them, I said so. Self-salvation projects. My rights will keep me out of heaven. Perhaps even more than my wrongs. Jesus said that He did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. And all we have to do is to look upon Him and believe in Him. Look upon the the man on the cross. Look upon the bleeding charity. It's a bizarre remedy for our souls. And yet it is God's chosen means of deliverance for His rightful and just judgment. Let's pray. Father, You are gracious. Your judgment is just. In fact, is part and parcel with Your love. We thank You that we can trust You. We also thank You, Lord, that You have provided a means out from under your just judgment. Give us the grace not to insist on our rights, but to give them to You and receive what is Yours by right, which is righteousness and holiness and grace and peace. Let no one leave here tonight whose faith is not in You like a rock climber hanging from the side of a mountain trusting his life Um, to the rope. Let us cling to you in full assurance that you are mighty to save. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.